It's the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast with Alex Trateris, John Malika, and Ricey on the beat. Let's go. Yo, what's good, everyone? Alex Terrace here with another Jets episode of the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast. And with me, as always, my buddy McCurse for Power the Man with the Plan, the one and only, the one and only, <laughs> John Malika. <laughs> and always with us, video producer extraordinaire, the man who keeps this YouTube channel on point. If you like all the content, all the shorts, this guy's got it covered. What up, video producer Greg? Albert. What's going on? What's what going up, on, John? fellas? What's happening today? We, we, it's, 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 we're, we're close, guys. We're close before the real, 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 real test comes up. All right. Green Bay Packers, New York Jets in Lambo. We're going to have our guy, John, out there watching the game, probably getting text play by play, be like how he feels, hanging out with some, you know, cheese heads. I don't know if I can do play by play on Lambo, man. Uh, I'll see. We'll, we'll see. We'll see the state of me. We'll see the state of the, of the game. Like the the last big away game, the London game. I I could I couldn't even look at my phone. Feeling it vibrate in my pocket as the game was going and ended up being seventeen three. I was I wanted to throw my phone actually. So we'll see how it goes. I'm really hoping that the Jets put up a fight. At the back end of this, we just had the great interview uh, with uh, the Packers fan-sided, and it gives me some hope that they're a little worried about this game, man. Not only because of the Packers, but also because of the Jets. And, man, I can't remember the last time a, a team was actually worried about the New York Jets and it's week six. This, this is a man. huge... This is a, you said things are changing. This is a huge game for the New York Jets. Uh, shout yeah, out yeah. to uh, Tsunami Speaks. We had her on last episode. Uh, I was listening to her uh, her own recap of the Dolphins. Uh, she was calling us. We're not. We're not. We're not the same old Jets. We're just the New York Jets. Like we're just the new. <laughs> the, it's like the new New York Jets. And, like promotion. I agree. We get we got we the promotion are. from the same old Jets to just being the New York Jets because we yeah, can we actually are, like be- we're like the new New York Jets, but that just means like we're just the New York Jets because yeah. this and this is this could be the game changing. This is the changing of the guard if we're able to kill in this game because we calm down a little bit from the recap. We're about to get Greg's thoughts on it. But, you know, we're able to chill out. Like, okay, it was against the third-string quarterback, even though we're the ones that put him in the game. They were missing Byron Jones and uh, Xavier Howard, which we knew going into this game. The, you know, the defensive turnovers, where they put us in good position, that was huge. You know, Zach Wilson, again, annoying with the not having uh, the two touchdowns for Brees Hall, both on the one-yard line, but... You know, it, maybe it wasn't as amazing as the 40-17 we've calmed down, but still a great game. And the reality of the situation is the Bills are playing Kansas City next week, and there's a chance for them to lose. And meanwhile, if we win this game, not only are we going to be 3-0 on the road, not only are we going to have being 
Aaron Rodgers in Lambeau Field, but we're going to be tied for the top of the division at week seven. So this, this could really be a changing of the guard, not just like culturally, not just like on paper, not just for my feelings, but like literally in actual division standings. So man, I am really excited about this week. But before we get into the Green Bay Packers versus the New York Jets, Greg, you weren't on with us last week. We had a phenomenal guest. Uh, Tsunami speaks on. What were your thoughts on the Jets absolutely molly whopping the Miami Dolphins? Dude, first things first, no, uh, <laughs> I think I'm a gambler first at this point. Jets are plus 500 and make the playoffs. If we win this week, I think we're in the driver's seat to your point. So if you're thinking about taking the bet, I think there's good value in plus 500 right now. So that's something that I put in this week, threw it in a little bit of a parlay with some other teams, but still the backbone <laughs> of it is the Jets. That's how I feel about it. That should tell you all you need to know about the Miami Dolphins game. I mean, there's so many things. You guys did a great job with Tsunami kind of highlighting the, a lot of the, the MVPs and the All-Stars, the guys that made the great plays. But there was a couple of things when watching the condensed game a second or third time after the game that stood out to me. One was special teams. We pinned Teddy Bridgewater back against the end zone that allowed Sauce to get that blitz. Another thing was the comments during the week from Robert Sala talking about how he was talking with Ulbricht during the week. And they've tried to run that uh, DB blitz kind of early in the game to catch people off guard a couple times, but they haven't had the right setup. And to me, that says a lot about this coaching staff because they know what they want to do, but they're not forcing it. Like I talked about the trick, the trick play calling that one game with Michael Floor. I felt like we were forcing it a little bit. To me, Albrecht's really been on the hot seat. A lot of Jets fans were calling for him end of last season, early this season, and he's just ride steady. He knows what he's got in this defense. His defense is starting to mesh. Was it five different players with interceptions? Six different players, I'm sorry, with interceptions. Joiner with two interceptions, seven interceptions so far for this Jets shutting defense. Shutting us all up. Joyner's it's incredible. Up after that one bad game. It's incredible, man. This defense, like like Robert Salas said, they took receipts and they're playing well. Albrick, great play call, pinned up against the goal line, get the sack, get the or get the uh turnover safety. safety there, yep, and get the pump back. But then after we get the pump back, what does Braxton Berrios do? He takes that boom, runs it to the fifty yard line. That's special teams. That's special teams on the return side, the special teams on the punting side. So that was one thing that stood out to me. The other thing too, when times were tough. 17-19, the Miami Dolphins missed a field goal. We get the ball back. What's the first play we run? Step back, drop back for Zach Wilson, clean pocket. Corey Davis, right side out, 15, 20 yards, whatever it was, hits him in stride. Zach drops it in between three people, and we get it. Corey Davis, we've talked about Corey Davis on this podcast. We've said some things. He's catching the football the last two weeks. He's not dropping the football we have weapons, man. So that was my biggest thing. Everyone was getting in the mix. When it mattered, Moe Zach Wilson was able to step up now two weeks in a row in the fourth quarter. My thing going to this week is I need some third quarter points, baby. I don't want to keep whether well, back up against the wall in the fourth quarter. So those were my couple takeaways to round us out. If you haven't checked the recap episode of Tsunami earlier in the week, it was great. You guys did a good job. So those were a couple little things that stood out when I was watching the the replay. You mentioned interceptions. Who was that? Who? What was that? Uh, that play that he, he almost Cromartied it on the side. Was that DJ Reed? DJ Reed. That was DJ Reed. Reed. He, he going out of bounds. Almost had that. Yo, if he if he had caught that. that with the one hand, I was 
There was that, and there was the one that you guys talked about too with Tyreek Hill, where Tyreek Hill kind of ripped it out of his hands, or he kind of just couldn't make the play completely on the ball. There was yeah. a couple of them, but again, seven interceptions, six different players. Um, Ashton Davis to end the game for us against Cleveland. <laughs> Joiner with two. Those uh, were the only plays I had all year, like literally on the field. It feels like <laughs> not even pr- productive play, just actual snap. It's Jets so weird. crazy. Jets are currently tied for second with most interceptions in the league right now. Which top three teams. Doing? Top three teams: Bills, Steelers, Ravens with eight. Jets, Jaguars are tied for second. With seven or third, however that works, you know, whatever, yeah. whatever they decide. So that officially worries me because they always say that stuff evens out. So that, that, I don't know. I'm, I'm, for I'm for sure. Dude, look, we had four, good. we had four against Pickett. I mean, that obviously bumped it up, but to Greg's point, we're having opportunistic defense. We stunk with that for the last couple of years. Now we're starting to see that turn around. This defense starting to gel together. DJ Reed talked about communication. You're starting to see that communication. Greg pointed out. Uh, Robert Sala talk about talking with Ulbrich to really just get the whole defense on the same page. Things are starting to turn around, man. And hopefully we can continue to have this translate into this game against the Green Bay Packers. And as you point out, John, we had Spencer Sismanowitz on the back half of this great episode, great yep. interview, we should say. So make sure to stay tuned to that to hear the Packers side and how they view this game. But I'm looking at this, man. I'm can looking at this game. Can I just mention one thing? One thing before you just get into it. Ashton Davis, total of 10 snaps this year. I include that interception. Go ahead. <sighs> Whatever. I have to give this man his kudos, man. I have to give this man his kudos. He had a game winning interception. He the game. He did. I can't, I can't say anything right now. The man is seriously scot free for me, right? I legit cannot say a thing about him right now. All right. I so, can't say too much about CJ Mosley. I'm about to say, I'm about to say, took words out of my mouth. Nothing, Greg. nothing would be, make me happier. CJ Mosley has an all-star season. Now, now, can Quincy Williams make John be quiet? That's the whole thing. He's coming back. <laughs> he's back. He's practicing back. today. Yeah. He's back. I'm, I'm, he's practicing. I'm, I'm really, I'm happy. Dude, Yo, we I got our linebacker core back to full strength. All right. John doesn't have to worry about who this linebacker coming in and not knowing names. Marcel Harris oh. played well. <laughs> no problem. Yeah. I just didn't know who the hell he was. No one else around me knew either. My phone was dead. I was like, I've, I've never even seen this guy. I got everybody <laughs> on the practice squad. <laughs> it was really uh, interesting. Man. But regardless, we're going in here against the Green Bay Packers. We had Brees Hall coming off another monster week. We had Sauce Gardner. The belt. We got the, the belt, belt, man. Belt st- one, dro- one Jets drive. The third belt of the year, baby. Belt staying in Forum Park, man. Didn't Sauce Gardner win it too? Didn't he? Didn't he win the? Yeah, we had he, Garrett yeah, Wilson we, win it uh, versus Cleveland. Yeah. Uh, we had last week Brees Hall, and then we had this week uh, Sauce Gardner. I think he's a in Forum Park, baby. I, was, I think I was you guy say I met life. Hold, some guy behind me was like, he's grabbing me. He's like. He's officially soft. He's officially soft. You know, hold on, hold on. a second to like understand how it's dying. And then I start dying laughing. You know who needs to be the next guy to win it? Jermaine Johnson, baby. We need Jermaine Johnson Yo, to come out and finish well, that trifecta. News, we, the quadfecta, I should say. The quadfecta. We need the quadfecta to happen, baby. We need Jermaine Johnson. We got Johnson bad news about Jermaine Johnson. He's going to be out this week. I know, but he's, st- uh, we still got to win it. One of these guys got to repeat and then continue it so that Jermaine Johnson can win it next week. That belt's got to, Shout out to Joe Douglas for a lot of you out there who were complaining about this man, by the way, uh, saying, uh, you know, can't spot talent, this, that, and the third. But hey, look at that. This is why you're patient. <laughs> this is why you're patient during a rebuild. 
Football isn't like the NBA where one player solves everything. But let's get into this game. I won't go down that road. We got the Packers. What do you guys think? John, I'm going to start off with you. What do you think the Jets got to do on the offensive side to win this game? All right. So we like to talk about how Zach Wilson hasn't gotten an interception yet, but his touchdowns are very low as well. We could kind of give him the fact that the two last week, he should have had them, but they went to Brees Hall. I mean, they went to Michael Carter, who actually stole them from Brees Hall and Zach Wilson, which is great. Like, we have no problem with that. I think that this week, it, it, it could stay the same, and the Jets could still win this game. I, in fact, I think that's the recipe to win this game. The Green Bay Packers suck against the run. They're absolutely atrocious against the run. And we have two really good running backs with two really different skill sets. We got our own Darren Sproles in Michael Carter. And we have an absolute traditional beast in Brees Hall. Uh, you know, a rookie with fresh legs. And he runs in between the tackles. He can run zone out. He can catch out of the backfield. If Zach Wilson actually sees him, there was... Speaking of all 22, there was a play last week that really pissed me off. He was wide open on the underneath, and we we threw it six yards out, and we had to punt it because of that. It's really stupid. But anyway, we just have to run the ball against the Packers. Aaron Rodgers complained about uh, the Green Bay Packers last week. He was mostly talking about how he just didn't get the ball back. He's like the Green Bay – he's like uh, the Giants, what they really did well is just – keeping the ball. And the way they kept the ball was they just kept the ball on the ground. And lucky for us, we are really good at that. Whether that's the end of rounds, like, you know, we mentioned with Berrios, who got the touchdown off it. Uh, whether that's Garrett Wilson, who could also play that game, quick screens. I just want to keep the clock running, keep the ball on the ground, keep the ball out of Aaron Rodgers' hand. And I think we're equipped to do that, man. And on the opposite side, we're really good at pressuring. We're not going to sack Aaron Rodgers. I can't just, I, that can't be my game plan because I just can't fathom that happening. But I'm also not worried about his wide receivers for the first time in my life. It's really just about stopping Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon, who they just run. So it's, again, for, I, I feel like you could just put it on loop at this point. The Jets have to tackle the running back and they have to stop the damn tight end. Like that's, that, that's, that, that's the name of the game. All right, Greg. What are your What are your thoughts on, on the Jets got to do this weekend? Yeah, I was just looking it up because I saw it was the Buffalo Jet fan holding it down out in Buffalo for us. Much respect for that. <laughs> Tweeted out earlier today. Zach Wilson in his sixteen games played has had eleven passing uh, passing plays tackled inside the two yard line, and he's had five drops that have turned into interceptions. So Zach Wilson's had a very good season so far. Granted, it's only a few games. But again, we saw it this week with tackle, getting tackled inside the two yard line, inside the five yard line. We haven't seen it really too much with the drops turning into interceptions. Thank God. That's because he's had a clean pocket. Second best in the NFL, uh, passing wise when he has a clean pocket. So for us on offense, I agree we have to run the ball, but part of that component has to be keeping a clean pocket for Zach when we have to pass. I think we did a pretty good job last week. Um, when we were able to keep a good pocket, I mean, AVT, you guys talked about it. Offensive no. MVP for me <laughs> so love. far. My love. right guard, left tackle, right tackle. Doesn't matter. This guy, all he's got to do is play center, and this man has done it all. <laughs> so, I mean, as long as his offense can stay healthy and stay on pace, I saw that, uh, 
Dwayne Brown, limited participant in practice. I would guess that he's probably going to be limited all year because of the injury that he's choosing to play through, which is awesome to see because he played great for us at I left know. tackle last it's week. Amazing, bro. Yeah. Dude. So for, for me, he clean pocket, Mitchell, run the ball. Max Mitchell going to come back at some point. Max Mitchell and Fant. Like this, is the whole thing. Like Alex, we were talking about it a couple of weeks ago. That you know, on paper, we made a lot of moves, but nothing's really materialized. If all these guys come back and are healthy at the same time, we have it. We got an offensive line, boys, and we got running backs that can run, and we got a quarterback that is lights out when there's a clean pocket. Also, I think second worst in the NFL when he's under pressure. So that's a huge discrepancy between yeah. second best when it's clean, second worst when he's under pressure. We have to keep a clean pocket for Zach when he has to pass. To John's point, though, let's not pass too much. Let's Run the balls, keep the ball out of Aaron Rodgers' hands. What have we heard for 10 years playing against Tom Brady? Keep the ball out of the, guy, the guy's hands. We have to do it again against Aaron Rodgers this week. We have to do it against the superstar quarterbacks when we play him. We have to run the ball. Good thing is Brees Hall is a beast. Very excited for him this week. Facts. And I agree, I agree with everything you both said. Keep the ball out of Aaron Rodgers' hand at this time of possession. That's being able to establish the run game. We got Brees Hall. Let's also not forget we got Michael Carter, baby. All right. Oh yeah. We got we got two stellar running backs on this team, both young, more than capable uh, of doing the job. We saw Brees Hall almost go hundred for hundred for both receptions and rushing. The dude's a, is an animal. Okay. And the offensive line, we know they're good at run blocking, and they showed it last week, and that's why. They got to do it again this week against the Green Bay Packers. But I still think Zach Wilson can have success passing on his team. You know, 72%, actually close to, I think it was 72% of this team of the Packers defense. Sorry. Let me, let me rephrase that. Yep. You can pass. Offenses have been having a lot of success against the Packers defense passing wise completion percentage. 72% has been completed against their defense. It's not gaining a lot of yards. It's not a lot of touchdowns. But what that does tell me is that if the, if the, if the Jets offense can get third and short, there's a lot of flexibility that you can go with that. They're not good against the run, but you can still get some passing out there. You can do some play action. You can throw them off a little bit, get some five, 10 yard, uh, passes out there. Zach Wilson's been doing pretty good as to your point, especially when there's a clean pocket. He doesn't have to, you know, be forced or getting hit. I think Zach will have some success. A lot of underneath, this seems like a very good game for Corey Davis with his strength, being a big body receiver to go up and go catch it. For me, it also seems like Elijah Moore, who's got the footwork to create that separation. Also Braxton Barrios. I would say Braxton Barrios is going to be his game to kind of get a lot of, get a good amount of involvement because he is that gadget guy, that short down, that short yardage guy who can get a lot of yaks. I would expect him to have a solid game. Hopefully, actually over Elijah Moore, because Elijah Moore's been struggling. I think everyone's been honing in on Elijah Moore. I would probably expect a lot of work from Corey Davis first because of the size of the size and how he's stepped up the last couple of weeks and Braxton Barrios out of that. But the running, the running game is definitely going to be where everything's most effective. Defensively. One thing, one thing you said though, real quick too, that stuck out to me, Alex, Tyler Conklin. Oh, that's a fact. When, when Zach Wilson's come back, he hasn't been, what you talked about a couple episodes, uh, Joe Flacco would just hit. Tyler Conklin six times on a drive. Where's that been, Zach Wilson? I know we haven't needed to go to him, but maybe well, he, he gets a little one, involved underneath. He had the one. He had that one uh, pass interference. Well, it wasn't yeah, a pass big interference, play. but it should have been. Yep, that ended up not not getting completed. So 
Yeah, but that that was my thing. When you start talking about that, I think underneath, give me Tyler Conklin for a few five yard catches, get this offense going in gear. Facts, man. Facts. And I think defensively, you know, it's just getting to Aaron Rodgers, putting that pressure on them. That's what the Giants did. You know, we don't have to worry about our secondary because our secondary has been pretty stellar, especially at the cornerback position between DJ Reed and Sauce Gardner. They've been covering up. I'm not too worried about an aging Randall Cobb, uh, a Dobbs, a Lazard. Those guys don't really worry me. It's more so Aaron Rodgers, who's just a really good quarterback and who knows how to extend the play and then find everybody that he needs to, right? But our front seven really needs to step up this week. Really needs to step up this week against a tight end. You got A.J. Dillon. You got Aaron Jones back there. I know Aaron Jones has been the guy right now. You really got to hone in on these guys. Really, yeah. really got to hone in. This is a front seven. This is really a test. This, I think, out of everyone who has the biggest job today, front seven, hands down this week, is going to determine how successful the New York Jets are. Because I think the offense will be there. Can our front seven actually do this job of stopping two potent running backs? Because if they can't, it's going to be a long game, fellas. It's going to be a long game. It's just about yeah. the tackling, man. Once the, if you see the big plays we made last week, it's just open field tackling. Quan Alexander, man. I love him so much. Yo, great si- such a force. Such a great signing, dude. Such a great signing. Um. Yeah, the only thing to Alex, your point worries me a little bit. If we're in the trust tree here a little bit, if you're not a Jets fan, stop listening. If you're here <laughs> for the Spencer portion, that'll be coming up shortly. But Jets fans only at this point. I'm a little nervous about the rushing game. Mostert was looking pretty good. I, I get that it was, he was, you know, we were allowing him to run maybe a little bit because we were up. I'm a little nervous about this rushing attack from Green Bay with Jones and Dylan. A little nervous. Yeah. Well, Aaron Rodgers' thumb also gives me that gives me like pretty well, it gives me a lot of confidence, honestly. Yeah. But it also worries me because they're gonna run the ball. I just they just gotta make tackles, man. How well, confident, John, are you gonna give us a final score here as we wrap up this and we get over to the Spencer uh, interview? I give us I give a final score at the end at the end of the Spencer uh interview. I just here's my thinking, man. I how many touchdowns is Zach Wilson going to get in Lambeau? He hasn't gotten really any all year, it feels like. He got one. He's gotten one touchdown this season. Yeah, so, like, what are we talking about? Maybe he'll get another one, right? Probably. Like, two that's at probably the max. It. You know, max, like, max. So, I don't even think that's happening. I don't think let's call Zach, it one. I don't think Zach Wilson. running back one. Running backs are going to go to town this weekend. If we if we win, the running backs are going to town, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, especially gaining the yards. But it's just going to be if Zach Wilson could finish in the in the red zone. That's what I'm worried about the most. And of course, on defense, I'm worried about stopping the run. But then Aaron Rodgers, man, he's going to be pissed off making plays. Like, what yeah. are we? Who who are we? You know, kidding. So there's a lot to think about here. I think the Jets could get two or three field goals, and maybe two touchdowns. So I guess that means. Uh, Nine and fourteen, so twenty-three. You know what I'm saying? Like tw- the Jets get twenty-three, and the you know the Packers maybe the only way to stop maybe they get like twenty-one, like just three touchdowns, and they just like don't get the last one. I mean, I know it's a different score from what I gave at the end of the Spencer interview, but that's the kind of game it has to be. Like the the only way the Jets could actually win this game, like my confidence level, is if. 
we stop the run. Because if you stop the run and you force Aaron Rodgers to throw, I know he's Aaron Rodgers, but he has a hurt thumb. We have good cornerbacks. They have no wide receivers. So in a third and long situation, like it's really just Robert Tanyan. Like we better be able to stop freaking Robert Tanyan. Like he can't go for 150 yards. <laughs> like he, he just can't. So I hope he's not listening to this podcast. I love plus seven and a half or plus seven, whatever it is. I love that. Greg, what do you think? How confident am I to actually Jets going to win this game? <laughs> My brother was joking around with me. Uh, cause I was sounding too confident, like through text. He's like, all right, just like brace yourself for the possibility that the underdog Packers might sneak out a win in Lambo <laughs> against the Jets. You know, yeah, and I, I get that. So I, I, but I'm not that funny. I kept saying if I was, you know, I'm not that confident. Uh, I'll call it, I'll call it 55%. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because if this was in New York, I'd be like, okay, you know, Jets have a chance here. We're at home. But I kind of like that it's on the road. I like that it's on the road. We're the road, road warriors, warriors, man. We're the road warriors. And like they're they're buttoned up. You know what I'm saying? Like they they're worrying about nothing but oh my god, we're about to play Green Bay and Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers. Like they are they know what they're going up against, and I don't think the Packers are that team. And I also love to too. Yeah, yeah, I do. And I also love too. You talked about in the recap with tsunami about how uh, was it JMF? Uh, oh had my the, god, John Franklin Myers got fired up by the Tyreek comments. Now all of a sudden you got Jair Alexander firing up hopefully this Jets team again, feeling disrespected again back to back weeks. I got the Jets 2017 in this. 20 to 17. That's I think there's a couple touchdowns, couple field goals. I think it, I don't I think it goes under. I think it's a little ugly. I don't think the Packers have been that explosive. I don't think the Jets have been crazy, crazy explosive through the past game. Like you guys said, I think it's gonna be a run game heavy for both these teams. We'll eke it out at the end. But again, I think it's going to be Road Warriors, fourth quarter, Zach Wilson on the money downs, clean pocket. It's going to have to happen. He's going to have to throw. And the Green Bay defense is pretty good. So it's going to be fun. Yeah. I mean, the Green Bay defense, I mean, the Packers have not given up more than, well, they've given up 27 points. And that was to the Giants over in London, but everything goes wacky over in London. Yeah. You know? Um, but they did lose to the Vikings 23 to seven. Granted, yep. Justin Jefferson did go bonkers. So yeah. it's different. Those division. Yeah. That's division. No, I get that. I'm going to stick with 24 20 New York Jets win this. I'm having confidence in that our defense steps up because they want to show that they actually want to, that they're actually a team. I also think this one last, la- one, la- one last thing to ask before we get out of here. These guys know each other. We did the, we did the, uh, the training camp thing last year with the Packers. Mike LaFleur, Matt LaFleur, brothers, their, their coach, our offensive coordinator, Robert Sala, best friends with Mike LaFleur, grew up in the ranks. I think at Central Michigan is where they started as, as coaches, roommates, best friends. So these guys know each other. I think it's going to be close. If you're gambling, if you listen to us on Winning P Weekly, (laughs) take the points. Seven's a lot of points in the NFL. Take the points because I think it's going to be a close one. And if you're as crazy as me, take the Jets. Take <laughs> the playoffs and sprinkle on the... Uh, I'm starting to sprinkle on the division just because it's a crazy number. A plus 2,300. 2,300's nuts. <laughs> and there's a chance. Like you, So you're saying there's a chance. Right at this point, I'm telling you, the Jets win. It's just a fact. The Jets win this week, 
and the Bills lose to the Kansas City Chiefs in Arrowhead. I'm not asking for a freaking miracle here. I'm asking for the Buffalo Bills to lose to the Kansas City Chiefs in Arrowhead. Oh, the man. Jets are going to be tied for the top of this division. So it's just a fact. Going into Denver, which I was scared of, but who knows? Road Warriors. Road Warriors, baby. And on that we just note. We need this win, man. We need this damn win, Alex. We need the damn win. We need I agree. It. And I think it's going to happen. 24-20. I need it. <laughs> I cannot go to Green Bay Airport on my way back to New York with a loss. I can't. I can't, I can't do it. I can't. Love the energy. Love the energy. And on that note, make sure to stay tuned after these, after the short break, after the short break. I won't say these messages. After the short break. <laughs> J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. That's the message. All right. And we're back from the break. John, we got a guest with us to break down this matchup between the New York Jets and the Green Bay Packers. We got Spencer Sismanowitz. Host of the Poor Man's Packers podcast with us today. He's a brother. He's part of the Fan Sign of Minute Media podcast network. Spencer, how are you doing today, my man? Not too bad. Thanks for having me on, guys. Thank you for joining us. Look, this is an important matchup for us, and this is an important matchup for you. So we got to get into this. We got to get it all started. But I got to ask you first, Spencer. How do you feel? about your Packers right now. What, what's the state of affairs? Because you guys just lost to the, the New York Giants over in London. You, you don't, you, it's, you still get a normal week after traveling to London. What's the state of the team right now? I said this on our podcast this week, poor man's Packers podcast, of course. Um, it's about the worst the vibes have felt in the Matt LaFleur era, which is, mm. I mean, we're very blessed to, you know, be Packer fans with all the winning we've had in the last two decades. But yeah, just the whole London trip wasn't good. We elected to not have a bye week right after too. I think we're one of the only teams that have ever done that. Usually you just take it right, right. after. Everybody this year though, the, the, the Saints and the Vikings last week didn't take a bye. Oh, and yeah. The Giants aren't taking a bye and neither are you guys. It's so crazy. It makes no sense. Yeah. No sense. I, I don't quite get it either. I don't know if they're trying to stay in some type of flow, but especially after a loss, not good. Um, Obviously, the offense with the you know new wide receivers moving on from Devontae, trying to get the rookies in there a little bit more. It's been a little touch and go. The running game haven't stuck with it enough, and then the defense is just. We have one of the I feel like one of the more talented defenses in the league. We have everyone on the defense is either a first round pick, a Pro Bowler, or All Pro, aside from Preston Smith and Adrian Amos. Like very very talented, but. I mean, you saw last week, the Giants just, I think they scored on five straight drives and just couldn't stop a nosebleed in that entire game. It's been rough, but I don't know. We haven't, once again, in uh, Matt LaFleur, while he's been the coach, we've never lost back-to-back games in the regular season. So that's what I'm kind of looking at right now. It's it's crazy, too, because the Packers were supposed to be leaning on their defense this year. Meanwhile, you guys are like 30th against the run in DVOA. Last I checked, that's, that's kind of rougher. An Aaron Rodgers team that's supposed to kind of be deodorant for them. You know what I mean? You guys don't really have the, the offensive weapons. And like you said, what's up with the Packers steering away from their run game? Like, do you have the two? That's obviously the, the best part of your team besides Aaron Rodgers. They could both play out of the backfield. Obviously, they could jam the ball up the middle. Like, what's going on there? Is it a little floor thing? 
It's, it's a, we'll never know for sure because it's, you know, a big debate is what's the LaFleur offense? What's the Aaron Rodgers offense? And especially this year without having Devontae Adams, we've moved more towards this RPO type offense where we're out of shotgun a lot. And we saw that in the second half. A lot of fans were complaining about our second series after the Giants tied it 2020. And we went with three straight passes all in completion. So it's basically what Roger sees at the line, you know, and they stack the box in the second half. We kind of abandoned the run game. Aaron Jones only had six carries in the second half. A.G. Dillon only had two. It's crazy. And it's, yeah, and right now I believe Aaron Jones is first or second in yards per carry in the league, but only has 19 <laughs> or is ranked 19th in rushes. It's, I don't know, I think we're going to see more of it this week because literally any time we, we lose, we wonder why Aaron Jones doesn't get the ball more. And now with a couple losses earlier this season than we're used to, I would think we're going to run a little bit more, but I don't get it. I mean, Aaron Jones is far and away the most explosive player on this offense right now, and we got to just feed him the ball. I don't know why it's not happening. And what about A.J. Dillon, man? I mean, come on, help me out with some fantasy purposes. <laughs> yeah, he's tough. I I like A.J. He's Dillon a lot. And I know last year on Pro Football Focus, he was rated the number one running back, but... We've moved away from giving him the ball in the past game, too. I know early in his career, people thought he didn't have hands, but he'd sneaky get at least like 20, 30 yards a game just out of the backfield. And I don't think he's had a target the last two weeks even. So I don't quite get it either. He's, you know, when Aaron Jones is getting near six yards of carry right now this season, it's a little tougher to give Dylan the ball when he's at like 3.5, I think. But it's everything outside it seems like uh Aaron Jones gets and anything we're running inside is AJ Dillon, but I don't I don't know. It's it's one of the many mysteries of the offense so far this year. And what about your wide receiver core, man? I mean, you know, you got you brought back Randall Cobb, you got Alan yeah. Lazard. Yeah, what's the problem, dude? Randall Cobb got like eighteen targets last week. <laughs> what's going on right and now? You got Romeo Dobbs too. So it's yeah. a, it's it's an interesting I'd say it's an interesting wide receiver core. Yeah, I thought, you know, I thought we'd be better off this year too, but it's been, it's been tough. Um, Romeo dubs, tons of hype coming into the season. It's, mm -hmm. I think beginning of the year, I thought people were overblowing the whole Aaron Rodgers doesn't throw the rookie or he'll complain about the rookies a lot, but I don't know. I would like to think he'll get a little bit more involved, but Randall Cobb right now leads the team in <laughs> receiving yards. I think receptions as well. I going into the Giants game that preview, I said um, I'd be surprised wow. if Randall Cobb has more than six receptions in a game for the rest of his career. And then, of course, the next next game he has seven receptions. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm like it, I think Aaron Rodgers is listening to your podcast and it's like, <laughs> yeah. bet, hold my beer, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, so, it, no, go ahead. In, in terms of the in terms of the Jets. You know, specifically this week, where the Green Bay Packers, in my opinion, especially in the past game, are going to be able to find a hole is with Randall Cobb, you know, kind of playing that underneath game, uh, finding that hole in our zone. And mm -hmm. honestly, Robert Tanyan, uh, we, we say it every week, the tight ends and Tanyan and Aaron Rodgers, especially in the red zone, they like to connect. So I'm definitely afraid of those. What makes me happy, uh, if I could find anything positive, you know, against an Aaron Rodgers offense is number one. You're, I mean, Christian Watson, I'm not worried about Dobbs. I'm not worried about because of our cornerbacks. Our run game is pretty good and your running backs don't catch out of the backfield, which has been our Achilles heel so far. So 
Where I'm looking for the Green Bay to capitalize on us is tying in, and I think this is going to be another Randall Cobb game, in my opinion. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me, too. Tunyon's had a pretty um, solid year. I mean, we didn't even think he'd be playing at this point. We thought for sure he'd be on the PUP and maybe be starting at this point. But, yeah, he's coming back slowly, but a little bit more than we thought. Randall Cobb will see. And I I would like to see us throw the ball to our running backs a little bit more, especially early in the season when we have the most success is when we throw the ball to them. So they... Matt LaFleur preaches every week too that you're going to see an offense depending on what defense we're going up against. You know, last week he let the eight man box really dictate what we were doing, but I would like to see a healthy dose of Aaron Jones getting the ball through the air and we'll see whatever, what happens in the middle of the field as well. Yeah. And so I mean, you got your offensive line back, right? Did, did Bakhtari yeah. play last week in London? It's, it's been a, very, very weird saga with David Bakhtiari. He's technically been like medically cleared to play since week 17 last year, I think. He didn't really practice much in training camp. Two weeks ago, he played every snap but uh, against the Patriots, every snap but three. And then last week in London, due to travel and coming back from the knee injury and having the, you know, uh, fake turf in London. They elected to rotate their tackles every series. They did this three weeks ago, too. And Yash Nyman, our backup left tackle, actually had more snaps than Bakhtiari. So it's been it's been very weird. I mean, you don't hear about rotating offensive linemen too much, but that's what they're rolling with right now. How, how are you feeling about... The Jets got rolling. How are you feeling about Aaron Rodgers right now as a quarterback and being the, you know, the captain of that offense right now because we're talking about 38 we know the Packers and Aaron Rodgers has had some there's been slight turmoil nothing I'd say too extreme but you know some contract disputes and so forth but how are you feeling overall because when I watched him against especially most recently as it mostly everyone who did especially on the east coast got to wake up and watch a 9 a.m game over in London <laughs> you know it seemed like he struggled a little bit uh, against the Giants defense and the Giants coming into the season a lot of question marks. You know, you got Dabble, who's the first time head coach out there, seems to be riling up his guys, but Pat, but Aaron Rodgers seemed to struggle against that defense. Are Packers fans still trusting Aaron Rodgers? Are they concerned? What's the, what's the feeling on him right now? Yeah. I mean, I still trust him. It's been like an every other half thing for him almost. You know, the first half against the Patriots, terrible. They were getting booed at Lambeau. And then last week, second half, you know, zero points. But then, you know, when he second half of the Patriots game, he just ripped it. And first half of the Giants game, you know, we had 20 points going into halftime. So it's tough. I don't know what the hell it is. It's like sometimes he just needs to turn it on. And this year, especially, he just loves throwing these deep shots to guys that are covered. He's one of the worst deep shot quarterbacks in the league right now. He's obviously getting older, moving around the pocket seems to be a little tougher for him to take a little couple more sacks. And we got the new offensive line as well with those moving parts. But I don't know. It's still Aaron Rodgers. That's what I tell myself every game. Even, you know, we had a third and two and fourth and two to finish off the game last week. And I'm like, we have to score a touchdown. We have Aaron Rodgers, but I don't know. We'll see. He said this week too, he's getting ready. Usually when he has these slumps, they get onto a roll and that's how the season, you know, goes on after that. So hopefully that happens, but we'll see. I'm not losing faith. I, I mean, I mean, some fans are actually calling for Jordan Love, which is just egregious to me. So, wow. What's going on with the thumb, though? Speaking of Jordan Love, 
Yeah, well, Rodgers did practice today. I believe he he had his thumb taped too. He said he's going to play. I assume he's going to play. I don't think it's a whole COVID toe deal like we had last year, but his COVID thumb. Yeah, it could it right be, now. yeah might, might be COVID thumb. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. Might limit him a little bit, but is his thumb immunized? <laughs> <laughs> it could be. Yeah, we'll see on Sunday. All right, moving to the defensive side of the ball. This is where I find it's very interesting because. The Packers passing defense hasn't given up a lot of touchdowns. You, you guys are good at stopping, you know, the big chunk plays. Actually, you're, you're one of the better teams when it's coming to stopping the receivers from getting those big chunk plays, but you're allowing a lot of completions. Actually, you're last in the league, 72.9% when it comes to completion percentage, which bodes well for the Jets offense, you know, especially for a guy like Zach Wilson starting to get back into rhythm. Third game, you know, no, Interceptions the first two games since he's been back. What's up with that man? What's up with your what's up with your passing defense so far right now? I mean, overall, we have the most vanilla defense in the league. It seems like we had Mike Pettin, who you know before this, who is more of a defensive mind and all these you know, elaborate blitzes and stuff. And now we have Joe Barry, who it's we we either line up and rush four or line up and rush five, depending on how many down linemen we have. And that's pretty much it. We're playing very soft. We're always. In zone coverage, it seems like. I don't know if you guys saw the stuff about Justin Jefferson week one and uh, Jay are not manning up against him. So yeah. Joe Barry did talk to the media today and said that he's going to, they're going to be a little bit more aggressive in the secondary. But, you know, we came into this season with Jair Alexander, Eric Stokes, and Razul Douglas, which we're thinking was, you know, one of the best trios of corners in the league. And now we're just playing zone coverage, bumping off guys. And it's just, it's very frustrating. It's the most passive safe defense out there. We're just always in zone, hanging back. It really is, um, you know, we're, we allow all these completions, like you're saying, but we're just trying to keep it in front of us. When in the past, it, it was always the big plays. And now it's like, God, I like to just blitz or do something creative, but it's unreal. We only have seven passes defended on the season, no picks. And I believe the next closest team in passes defense is 14. So, we're not creating enough pressure to get those, you know, YOLO balls out there and the secondary just isn't making the plays. So Darnell Savage or safety in his fourth year, he's struggled quite a bit. And Eric Stokes has been up and down. Rezul Douglas, uh, who was a star last year when we signed him off uh, the Cardinals practice squad, mm-hmm. we've had him play in the slot a lot, which he's been struggling. He played outside a lot last year with, J- with Jair being out. So it's still kind of feeling things out, but. I don't know. It vibes are bad. Vibes are bad on the defense right now. <laughs> well, I'll give you this. I'll give you this. You, you got one interception. Okay. It's not that you got, you got one interception on the season. It's all good. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I love that the ghost of Mike Patton still reigns all <laughs> oh, over I this forgot. league. Yeah. <laughs> like just ruined my life for so many years. Well, it, it, it's so classic that he's like still I, alive. Like I told you guys, uh, before we started recording, I think I'm, I'm in Egan, Minnesota. You can see the Vikings training facility from where I'm at. That's where he is probably right now because he's on the Vikings <laughs> yeah. staff. I, it's just so funny that he's still around. He's still lingering out here and it's not me that's just crying about him. <laughs> yeah. it, it, feel, it feels good. But you mentioned uh, Jair Alexander uh, and you mentioned media and you know what a, what a nice little segue here because he sent ripples I think throughout the Packers locker room more than anyone else. I don't think anyone really cares because in reality we were thinking the same exact thing. Right. Like 
I don't actively root against the New York Giants, but if it's for the benefit of the New York Jets, like the Green Bay Packers winning so that they're not pissed off coming back into Lambeau, that would have been fantastic. Uh, but especially the way they lost, uh, I was like, damn, like, you know, Aaron Rodgers now going back into Lambeau in a kind of a must win with, you're talking about the Minnesota Vikings practice facility. If they win again, I mean, they're going to start being hard to catch up to. They're going to, they're, t- they're going to be t- tied with KC or Buffalo, whoever wins that game. You know, for best record in the whole league, you know, obviously besides uh, the Eagles. So depending on what happens with the Cowboys. So what's your opinion on Jair Alexander saying, all right, we're okay, but if we lose to the Jets uh, this week, you know, things are really going to be looking bad. And then Aaron Rodgers commenting, you know, talking about the energy, don't put that energy out there. I think that's kind of, from our perspective, it, it kind of feels like when – you're scoring points like on the, on the, on the, in basketball against a team and they start fighting with each other and you're like, all right, like we got them. You know what I mean? Like this is our time to pounce. Like that, that, that's what it looks like from our perspective. Yeah. There was a couple goofy quotes cause it was fat and I don't think there was cameras in the locker room, but seeing Rogers comment on someone else's comment isn't that great. Yeah. Aaron Jones, <laughs> they made a lot out of, um, one of his sound bites where a guy literally asked him like, you know, it was third and two, fourth and two to end the game. Do you feel like you and AJ could have gotten two yards? And he was like, yeah, of course. And they <laughs> turned that into some big drama. What what kind of running back wouldn't say they'd run for two yards? But yeah, Jair's goofy. He's a very vibe type guy, very zen. He doesn't talk too much, but when he does, <laughs> it's always something that will, you know, pop off on, on Twitter. But we'll see. I don't disagree with him. I think he's getting a little frustrated as well. You know, like I talked about that week one against the Vikings where he wanted to match up against Justin Jefferson and that didn't happen. So that's kind of lingered. We'll see this week. Maybe we'll be able to play a little bit more man with him and we won't get any big quotes after the game. Okay. So what, so from the, from the Packers perspective, how are you, how are you feeling coming into this game? Like going against the jets, you know, what do you think the Packers need to do in order to defeat the jets? Cause right now, you know, I don't know if you've seen it. Quinn Williams is a beast. We got top two corners, you know, with DJ Reed and Sauce Gardner lighting up the league. Um, our running back situation is pretty solid on offense. Zach Wilson, like I mentioned, hasn't thrown an interception, has been pretty on point coming back off a knee injury. We got some weapons at wide receiver. What, what are the Packers looking to do right now, in your opinion, to stop the New York Jets from winning this weekend? From what I've seen, it looks like Wilson is one of the best quarterbacks in the league when he isn't pressured, and he's one of the worst when he is. So it's not too hard for me to put together like, hey, maybe we should rush him a little bit more, make it not make it an easy day for him. But once again, we only really rush four or five. I think we've brought six like literally 10 or 20 times this year, but we got to make Wilson uncomfortable. That's the big deal. And then hopefully we can get that first pick or whatever from on both ends there. But we need to make him uncomfortable. We need to get the run game going early. I know you guys have a pretty stout defense this year. I mean, you're one of the better. Uh, I was looking at the stats. I, you get a sack on 6% of plays and a pick on 5% of plays. Like that is just, it's not sustainable, but what a way to start the year. So we'll see those. I'm sure the everyone in the secondary will be, um, Looking to pick off Aaron Rodgers, but <laughs> when, you put, when you play Jordan Pickett it, it, you, and you get four interceptions one day, it, it kind of <laughs> yeah. bumps up the stats a little bit. <laughs> yeah, that, that's fair. But yeah, we had Thompson yeah. last week. 
because we took out Bridgewater on, on the turnover. That's so right. We've kind of. I, w- I don't want to say it's lucky, like especially last week. I don't want to say it's luck because we actually took out the quarterback. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. on a play that we recognized by our rookie going into the game, a turnover plus points, and it was clean. So I don't want to say that was luck, but we did end up playing the third string quarterback. Like that's just the reality <laughs> of the situation. Like uh, Alex was saying, uh, backup quarterback in Pittsburgh, lost to Cincinnati, lost to the Ravens, right? Two starters. Beat Bursette, but in Cleveland, but I mean, well, I, I, that's luck, right? I mean, you got, you got, you call that one a, a lucky game. So for us, this is like a huge prove it game. And the yeah. fact that Green Bay is reeling, that bodes well for us. The Jets are two and oh on the road so far this year, which is unheard of. Usually the Jets stink on the road and they stink at home, but especially on the road, like they don't, they don't really win games on the road, man. Especially like the fact that it was in Pittsburgh, the fact that it was in Cleveland, like those are just historically tough places to win. But I mean, the pedestal has to be right now Lambeau. And then next week we're going to Denver. I mean, we just have tough road games, especially on paper. Do you also feel like this is like for us, this is like a huge prove it game. Is this? a kind of win or panic game for Green Bay, like kind of on the opposite side of the spectrum? Because that's how I feel. Yeah, because, I mean, we were looking at the schedule, especially after we beat Tampa week three, and we were like, wow, we weren't expecting to do that. And after this, it's, it looks like some cupcakes because of the Patriots, the Giants, the Jets, and then the Commanders, and then we have the Bills. So, yeah, if we don't get a win here, it's already been, you know, bad vibes this week. But I don't know if... You know, falling to three and three, we'd have to have some players only meeting or Joe <laughs> Barry would actually have to change his scheme or something, but we'll see. It, I, I'm going to be in a dark place on Sunday if we end up losing <laughs> this game. That's, that's for sure. But uh, you could just blame it on the London thing. I, I think that's a huge excuse. I mean, I, I, I've been so they that, use. Yeah. The, uh, Greg and I, we have another podcast called Winning Picks Weekly and we go over, you know, all the NFL games and, when we were talking about, we were trying to find the trend in these games after London. Uh, it looks like, uh, I think there's, uh, in general, we found six and one on the over, uh, if they don't take a bye after coming back. So that was kind of nice, but we also saw that every single game has been close in the second half. If you come out, uh, hmm. out of London and with the spread being seven or seven and a half. I hate like that I, spread. Like I've seen, it's a tough spread, man. I would take the Jets. I would pound the Jets. That is seven and a half is, is tough. Oof. Yeah. Okay, so it's not just us. I mean, so no, th- this is this is. I mean, we, we're really happy to have you on. Uh, <laughs> definitely, it's great that we're partnering uh, with another fan-sided uh, network here. And on top of that, we kind of want to make sure <laughs> that we're not being too delusional, right? Because sometimes you get too mixed up. You get some lost in the sauce. Uh, if we might say so ourselves, uh, our video producer, Greg, he likes to call me a crazy person. Uh, we're going to have positive about the certified crazy person. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, so I'm glad that you think that the seven and a half is tough. Are you, is there somewhere in your actual brain? You said you're going to be in a dark place if the Packers lose. (laughs) Is there somewhere in your brain that you actually think that the Packers could lose this game? Oh, absolutely. It's, I mean, like I've mentioned a couple times under LaFleur, we haven't lost back-to-back games, but that's what I'm really holding on to. It's just... It's the first time you know, for everything, man. Right. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> if we had beat the Giants last week, 
you know, if we just would have converted those last few uh, drives and you know <laughs> took the lead at the end, I'd feel worse about this game maybe because I'm like we can't we we can't you know blow it t- two games in a row, but we have to get a get right game eventually. It I think on the on our podcast this week I had us winning by two points. You so know, so it's it's gonna be tough. I you know, Brees uh Brees Hall, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. He had, it seems like he was finally part of the offense a little bit more last week. Thank God. And <laughs> <laughs> okay. we struggle with running backs at times, obviously. Um yeah, God. I don't know. It's it's one of those where it's like ask me after the first quarter how the vibes are, because especially at Lambeau, if we can get ahead early and just maintain oh, it kid. and keep our foot on the gas, I'd feel a lot, you know, we don't do that on defense, especially. But I don't know. You guys have a nice young team there, and Matt Lafleur hasn't gone, hasn't done very well against uh, friends and family. And with Robert Sala, his best friend, and his brother, the offensive <laughs> coordinator. I mean, Matt said uh, this week that he talks to his brother every single day, and he watches like every single Jets game. And it's like these guys are very familiar with each other in an odd way, and I'm. I don't know. With the Niners have just always had our lunch and you guys, you know, have the Niners of the East right now as far as the coaching staff go, it kind of seems like. So wow. uh, don't get don't don't yeah, don't, don't, a, get John, huge, don't get John to aroused over here. That's wow. too much. <laughs> that's too much right now. That's too much of a compliment right now. Because here's we'll the thing. So uh LaFleur our LaFleur mentioned the same thing where he watches all the Dolphins games and all the Packers games. It worked out for us on literally the first snap of the game versus Miami, right? They recognized something on their offense, and there was a safety blitz. They already kind of predetermined it. If we get this look, it happened to be the first play, and it was a game-changing play. We ended up winning by 40 because of that, right? So I'm also worried about that aspect for us. Alex likes to keep saying Zach Wilson hasn't thrown an interception, and just keeps screaming to me <laughs> that it's coming. So I am, I am on, I am on ice about that. But you but mentioned the Lambo. Go ahead. But the good thing is, you know, Spencer said LaFleur hasn't lost back to back games. Technically he wouldn't. You know, Matt would be his brother, so <laughs> technically LaFleur would still be winning. <laughs> yeah, LaFleur would have won. Yeah, so it would well, break the streak. I'm trying to think. Well, it would have to be that every matchup between LaFleur's the uh in the first matchup, you know. Oh God, I'm trying to think here. They lose. So since this is the first time as an offensive coordinator, I would think your LaFleur has to lose this game since we always lost the other one. <laughs> well, I don't know what kind of mental gymnastics are happening, but I'll tell you this. <laughs> That's right. I was at, <laughs> I was at the Green Bay Jets joint practice and I was at that preseason game and we got absolutely smacked when, when the, when the start, I know it's a completely new team, uh, for both squads, but I'm just saying the last time they played each other, it was not pretty. And then like, I felt yep. like Aaron Rodgers talking about Zach Wilson, like he's his little brother. And that was, Everyone was like, oh, yeah, great. You know, but like to me, it was like, dude, you guys play the same position and we yeah. curse each other. So it's, you know, well, it's not back like a little kid. So I uh, remember that too. Like just the media members from New York who were there were like in awe of Aaron Rodgers throwing the ball. And once again, I'm like, God, we, some of us fans just don't know how good we have it right yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I had to go to that preseason game. I've never had to go to a preseason game before because I was <laughs> like, I don't know if I'm ever going to see Aaron Rodgers. Turned out he came back one more year. Mm-hmm. So I'll, as soon as as soon as that game happened, I I literally had to book these Lambo tickets. I was like, oh my god, Aaron Rodgers in Lambo, I have to do it. It's never gonna happen again. Let me ask you this though: Do you think this is the the rumors always come out as soon as the Packers do bad? 
the news article came out this week already. Oh boy. I don't, I don't want to call it news. Let's call it the article it came out uh, this week already with the rumor that this is going to be Aaron Rodgers last year. Do you, is there anything to that or is that just nonsense? No, that is absolute nonsense. I saw this one guy, dude. Nothing gets me going like fake <laughs> NFL reporters. Boils my blood. There is the one guy. Oh, I already forgot his name, but I tweeted him from the account. He Don't worry about it. Don't give him any clout, man. Don't give him any clout. Oh, yeah, I shouldn't say his name. It had like 20 favorites or something. It had been up for five hours. You look at that same tweet now, and I sent him like a meme like source, and it was uh, just trust me, bro. Of course. Like this this dude who has who's verified on Twitter. Just trust me. Hashtag, how could you how could me. you have connections with every single NFL team? But he said sources within the Packers organization have told me that this is Rogers last year. You look at that same tweet now, it was nothing, but everyone making fun of it for being fake. He has like five thousand likes on that <laughs> on that fake tweet. So I don't think Rogers even knows if he's coming back now. So I there's there's no way that's true. We'll see. I if we somehow win it all this year, I think you would go out that way. But I would be we'll see how the season goes, but I would expect him to play one more year and then probably be done. Mm. Win it all. Do you think the Packers can win the division? Oh, absolutely. I mean, every year. I mean, just what did we think of the Rams this time last year or, you know, Tampa Bay? That's how I think about the Rams right now. Right. Exactly. Because especially (laughs) what we've learned being Packer fans the last three years, because we've been the two seed and the one seed the last two and having home field advantage. It really is just about being hot at the right time more than anything. I mean, the one Super Bowl we have under Rodgers is when we got hot the right time as a six seed. Uh, Don't get me started about that year. Oh, man. I remember we were first game of the season, Jets Packers. Rodgers didn't score a touchdown. Final score, it was six. It was nine six. No one scored a touchdown. No one. Right. All field I was goals. Say, that wasn't the first game of the year, was it? I that thought it, it was. was. Later. No, that was the first game of the season. Man, was, I didn't think because I thought I I almost want to press you on this because we signed Howard Green, who was with the Jets um, that season. They cut him. Packers sign a big dude. I think he's one of the largest Packers in in the history of of the franchise. And he came back. I think he had like a decent game. I don't know if he had a sack or anything, but I'm pretty sure we won that game. That's about the only defensive performance we've ever had in the last decade or so. But oh, you're um, right. You're 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 right. It was nine zero. You're right. You're right. You're right. It was nine zero. I'm thinking of something totally different. Nine zero. You're right. That was Sunday, October 31st. I don't know why I thought that was the first game. Because we uh we picked up Howard Green too, and then in the Super Bowl, thank you for giving him to us. He's the guy who hit uh, Ben Roethlisberger, floated the ball up. Nick Collins picked it off and returned for a touchdown. So it, the Jets were part of that season for us, I guess. Listen, the Jets are part of everybody. <laughs> any team, any team that has a winning season, we are always, always, always in the cover in their DVD. At some point, they made an unbelievable play on the Jets. And at this point, I think we hit rock bottom uh, at the end of the Adam Gase era. Last year was a was a full rebuild for us. Uh, we didn't win a division game in two years. Versus Miami oh, wow. last week was the first division game we won under Joe Douglas in two years. And obviously the first one under Salah. And then... We also sucked at home. It was our first game we won at home this year, right? Like we are still like early rebuilding. I don't remember the last. I don't even want to look up the stat because I don't want to know the last time the Jets won three games in a row, right? And that's what's uh, at, at Jeopardy uh, uh, this Sunday. Man, 
Let me ask you this. When we all know about historic Lambeau, right? And we watch it on TV, obviously. Is there a real home field advantage in Lambeau when the Packers are reeling? Because you said they were booing the Packers last week. And from a real, like, I, I, MetLife is not a real home field. Like, last week, it was the first time I ever felt as a Jets fan in the last decade. We ha- we were, like, a real home field. That was just because we're winning. You know what I mean? It wasn't, like, mm-hmm. a real Seattle 12 type deal. And an MSG, right, for the Knicks, when the Knicks are doing bad, and we're booing them and it's <laughs> silent and it's tense. Like it does not bode well for our team. You know what I mean? Especially when we expect so much. Is that what's going on in Lambo or you guys are, am I reading that wrong because of the booze? Lambo is goofy. Lambo is very weird because you think of the frozen tundra and all the success in the playoffs and stuff. I think it was 2004, 2005 when the Packers lost to Mike Vick at Lambo. And that was the first time that it happened in decades. I- I think something where either just at a playoff game at Lambeau or under 30 degrees, but it's been weird because they had the big renovation in 2003 and it looks great now, but with so much money that they've raked in with Brett Favre and Rogers being the quarterbacks, I mean, the place is just turning into freaking Disneyland when you get there. There's so many different buildings. There's the title town district across the street, a couple other buildings to watch the game at connected to Lambeau. It, it did for a bit there become more of like, I don't know, just an experience rather than a football game. And tourists, losers like me. I got you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. But then the season ticket holders too, it's a lot of older people. So it, Mm. we were never really known for getting that loud. Now, when Matt LaFleur came in, it's one of the things that he wanted to bring with him or bring with when he, when he came because it, you know, that kind of was over the franchise at the time. So he tried things like a foghorn during the game. (laughs) Um, they, ended up just recording a bunch of things with like players, you know, to put on the jumbotron to get everyone pumped up on third down and to be quiet on third down on offense. But it's, I don't know, it's still kind of, especially with COVID, the COVID year without having anyone there. And then last year, Mm -hmm. I think it's coming back a little bit, but we'll see the boo birds come out because we have a very high standard for the team, but we'll have, you'll have to tell me how third down is because you've probably been to much louder games in New York than, you know, I've experienced at Lambo. So we'll have to see <laughs> on Sunday how it is. Um, well, how, how, what's the, what's the atmosphere? Like, I, I know that, listen, other teams, I'll, I'll tell you what it is at a Jet Life Stadium as I, as I now have deemed this since we had one <laughs> good home, home field advantage game last week. I'll call Jet Life until they prove me wrong. Uh, the other team comes in with arrogance, right? Like the, the other team, they, like they they come in excited to like to throw stuff at our stadium, make fun of us, laugh at us, like wear like teal and orange and like call it the MetLife takeover and have their tailgates and post it. And they're so excited, you know what I mean? And yep. so it creates hostility, like within our fans and them. And then we go into the game and we are smacking them, right? And they're all excited, and then we smack them, and so it just it gets hostile. So. In general, it's either that way or the other team is just so excited and they win and then they just, you know, they're yelling at us in our home <laughs> turf and it's just not good. You know, everyone just leaves. It becomes laugh the other team. So what's the, what's the atmosphere like at Lambeau? You mentioned, you know, a kind of weird thing going on with, with more seats, you know, old ticket holders. 
are they hostile towards the other fans? Like, is, is that type of thing? Is it too quiet where, like, you feel like you kind of just have to, like, sit stoically and watch? Like, you're at, like, Carnegie Hall. Like, what, what's what's the vibe like at Lambeau? Vibes should be good. I I don't think I've ever heard of an experience going poorly for an opposing fan at Lambeau. And I'm not trying to gas us up or anything, but... That's good. No, that's good. As I long wish as I could say that, but... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, 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 I mean, last week we heard that, like, uh, on a very famous podcast, we heard that... Uh, people were throwing up like the Tua like concussion oh hand at people. Oh like, boy. like we yeah. we get we get low sometimes. Like, you know what I mean? So yep. I don't expect that kind of stuff at Lambo. No, no, we're not Philly or anything. You guys, yeah. will, I, as <laughs> long let me as, tell you, I've been to Philly. Philly gets. <laughs> it's I, I was there for a Jets game. We don't we don't even play them that often, like <laughs> yeah. the Giants. And it was, yeah. it, they were just. And the thing is, we had. Oh my God. I can't even think of who the, the third string was. It was that Gase game. I can't even remember who that quarterback was. Okay. It was a Luke, Luke Falk. Was oh, it? nice. Yeah. Luke Falk, third Marshall's string quarterback. Brother. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, right. And, uh, he comes out. I remember talking. I, I hate this because I remember my boys and I were trying to go get something to eat before we attend the game. And we see this old married couple and they're like, Oh, well, the Jets are staying. Over at, you know, this fancy hotel, you know, and they're like, okay. And they're like, we ran into the quarterback. We thought he was, you know, the athletic director, the way he looked. I was like, jeez, <laughs> man. And then this dude came in to throw more than five yards and gets, we just get smacked and I'm weaving the game with my friends and the, and we're just getting pity booed. It started off from being, you know, right, like everyone's riled up, jacked up, just ready to, to, to get in each other's <laughs> face. And then it was like, Boo, you guys suck. It's not even an entertaining game for us. I was like, jeez. That's Philly fans, man. That's Philly fans for you. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, no, you, you'll be fine out there, John, for sure. As long as your vibes are good. I mean, you would yeah. probably be able to just join P- uh, your Packer fans tailgates as long as you're a good dude. Cause it's always friendly. I don't think, I mean, I, like I said, I've never heard of any bad experience and. I mean, just the one time I went to U.S. Bank here, like a dude just wanted to fight me. The best this experience <laughs> for me was I was at the last game at the Metrodome, uh-huh. and Packers blew him out. I think it was a Sunday night football game. I remember that and, game. And this Viking fan was leaving. I was up in the uh, higher deck seats, and this guy was literally leaving, pulled his pants down, and was mooning Packer fans as he was walking down the stairs. But it was like <laughs> the third or fourth quarter, so he had a few. And, and it was up- freezing. Well, it, it was inside oh, in the Metrodome. Oh, okay, okay, okay. But then he, as his pants were down, he tripped and started falling down <laughs> the stairs with his pants. Oh, I was like, no. this is, this is perfect. That was chef's kiss. Like that is the That's perfect soft. Viking fan. But no, like you'll, that. you'll be good. You'll no, be good. No, I'm, yeah, I'm not worried. I, I, I just, I was just curious about, you know, everyone says, Oh, it's such a tough place to play. I'm just wondering if sometimes when the times are rough, cause that's how I feel about the garden. Was, oh, you know, the garden tough place when, when the, when the Knicks fans hate the Knicks. The garden is hard to play for the Knicks and for nobody else. You come in and like you score six points straight and like the crowd is with you. Like they're the, booing the, the other the, team. The, team like, the fan base will start booing your own team and then they'll see a highlight reel dunk by the opposing team. And then everyone just gets up and, hype and you're like, yeah. what yeah. is happening around here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we usually only stick to booing at halftime or maybe the end of the game. But other than that, like I said, it's it, I don't know what to compare it to. It's just more of a historical site than a football game sometimes. The last game I was at was in 2019, so maybe mm-hmm. it's changed a little bit more. But yeah, it'll be it'll be all good vibes. Well, yeah, well as you said, as you said, you've been used to excellence. I mean, you went from Favre to Rodgers. You've seen one Super Bowl for each quarterback. I mean, I'd be 
pretty happy too if I was like, oh well, we're probably going to win most of these games this year. <laughs> right, you know, right? <laughs> I'll, I'll take it. You know, um, not this one though, Alex. Not this one. Not this one. <laughs> and by the way, just so we're clear, John, I was thinking about the Rams Jets game in 2016, that terrible year with Bryce Petty at the helm. Dude, what's wrong? What's wrong with you tonight? Why are you uh, thinking about these games, man? Luke Falk, Bryce Petty. We're out the better things right now. I know, but this, this is what happens, man. I, he, you, know, you know, Spencer talked about like, oh, well, we've been blessed to have these two quarterbacks. <laughs> I'm like, what have we got? Like, my head starts going back. I'm like, who did we have? Well, but you now guys we're had, in good place. We're good you guys place. had Brett Favre too. What are you talking about? Exactly. Listen, if I, if I'm not, if I'm not going to be friendly with people at Lambo wearing my Jets Brett Favre jersey, I don't know what else I, I could possibly do <laughs> to show my good graces. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't know if that'll be a good vibe thing or a bad vibe thing. Yeah, doesn't matter. I, it's just a vibe in general. <laughs> there you go. It's some sort of vibe. We're not. We're not yeah. sure what it is. But Spencer, before we get you out of here, man, we got to get your takes on, on what you think this final game, this final score of the game will be. So yeah, what's we, know your you said, we know you said two points on your pod, but we need we need an official scoring prediction for the Knicks, Jets, etc. Yeah, like I said, I think it's going to be a weird game. Like I said, I wouldn't. I feel like it's either going to be really close or we're going to blow you guys out, which means you guys might just end up blowing us out. But, uh, no, my score, my the score Jets are not going to blow out green Bay in green Bay. I mean, just those words don't make sense. Stranger, stranger things have happened. Uh, I'm going with a score of 24 to 22 Packers winning. I, like I said, you guys have been, you know, feisty team this year. It seems like I think you'll keep it close, but. You know, I think that's a good medium ground for offense has been up and down at times or defense has been up and down at times. I don't know. I've, we'll see what happens, but I think it's going to be a nail biter. And like I said, if, if you're betting, I would pound that seven point, seven points the Jets are getting. It's crazy, dude. A whole touchdown and sometimes touchdown and a hook. That's uh, crazy. Alex, what do you got? All right. So I think for this one, uh oh. Don't tell me. No, nah, I'm telling you have the Jets <laughs> winning this game. I do have the Jets winning this game. Wow. I do have the Jets winning this I'm gonna game. I'm going to pull up the clip of you laughing at me just a month ago. <laughs> <laughs> Different vibes, man. Different vibes at this point. <laughs> Let's see. I got the Jets winning 24 20 for this game. Okay. Yeah. Is that, the, is that the exact, is it 44? Is that the over-under? I think it moved up to 45 and a half. So that's Jets and the under? Yep. All right. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game for some reason because the, the, the Packers don't run, even though they should. <laughs> right. And I, think the, and I think the Jets are going to run a lot, and we're not going to throw against you. I think it's going to be – I think it's going to get the over. I think it's going to be like 20 – Maybe like 27, 21 or something. Jets. Uh, maybe 27, 24, something like that. I, I think Mason, Mason's going to have a game against us. Uh, he looks healthy. He looks good to go. I, I'm, ner- I'm nervous about this Lambeau game in Lambeau, man. This is, this is a, this is a really big test for the New York Jets. They're hyped. Uh, the coaches are comfortable, which, the coaches to be comfortable on the road in Lambeau makes me really happy. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's, you know, that, that's nothing I expect. So, man. So just to give you some historical context for, for everyone here, the <laughs> Jets lead the series against the Green Bay Packers eight to five historically from 
1973 until 2018 was the last time they played. The Jets usually, for some strange reason, manhandle the Packers most of the time. I'm not expecting a manhandling when they win, uh, and it's been vice versa the other way. The Packers, it's either one team's manhandling another for the most part. Uh, the last time the Jets beat the Packers was in 2006 in Green Bay, 38 to 10. Oh boy. That was the last time. The time before that was 42 to 17 in New York. Well, let me give you another historical fact, Alex. If the Jets win, we're going to be tied with the Buffalo Bills when they lose to Kansas City. We're going to be tied <laughs> at the top of the damn AFC East division going into week seven. That'd be crazy. Another historical and- fact for you. And and the last game the Packers and the Jets played was back in 2018. Sam Darnold, <laughs> John Sam season? Darnold, yes, rookie season. Yeah, that, was, that was that game was a dude. I love that, that game. That that, that season game was, was so bad for us. And that was entertaining. Green Bay at MetLife. Oh, the score, rest of the season. Yeah, score was 44-38. Packers won in overtime. So. These games go wild, man. I'm expecting an <laughs> interesting game for this one. Yeah, I, I am too. I, I think it's going to be goofy. I Like I said, I hope we write the ship, but if we don't, it's going to be oof. It's going to be ugly. I'm ready. I'm ready. You should blame your cornerback. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, thank you, Spencer, for, for coming on to, to our pod and, and chopping it up and talking about the, the, the upcoming game between the New York Jets and the Green Bay Packers. Please let our listeners know where they can find you if you have any upcoming work, all of that good stuff. Yeah. You can just follow us on Twitter, uh, PMP pod. Uh, we usually just put episodes out on Tuesdays and obviously just follow us. If, if you're a Packer fan, listening on, uh, iTunes and on Spotify for the most part, but usually just the Twitter and our podcast feed. Awesome. Spencer, thank you for coming on and giving us your insight for the Green Bay Packers. And to all our listeners, thank you for tuning in for the Knicks of another Jets episode of the Knicks, Jets, et cetera podcast. Woo, got a little excited there. Knicks basketball is right around the corner. John already knows. So thank everyone for tuning in for another Jets episode of the Knicks, Jets, et cetera podcast. You all know what to do if you listen to this podcast. Please make sure to subscribe. We're on all audio listening platforms. We're on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, Amazon, Alexa, Stitcher, you name it. We are there. If you listen to us on Apple or Spotify, please make sure to give us that five-star rating. And if you listen to us on Apple, please make sure to leave a review or comment. We're also partnered with Minute Media and Fansided, just like our good guy Spencer over here. So you can find this Jets podcast, this Knicks, Jets, et cetera podcast on the, on the Jet Press and the Daily Knicks. You can also find us on that YouTube page. Nick's coming, Jets coming, ETC period. No one writes out except that shit's wild. Find the page, subscribe, hit that notification bell. That way you know when a new episode drops. When you watch a video, hit the like button, add to the conversation. Let us know your thoughts and opinion. Who's going to win this weekend? It's going to be the New York Jets. It's going to be the Green Bay Packers. We know we got some Green Bay Packers fans in here now because of Spencer. So let us know your thoughts and opinions too. Come on, we're ready for that trash talk. Bring it all. Bring it all. <laughs> and while you're also over that YouTube page, we got another podcast that's also partnered with Minute Media. Winning Picks Weekly. John, video producer Greg, and our guy and co-host Chip Murphy. These guys go through every single sport possible. All right, but right now it's college football and NFL season, so these guys are giving you their takes on where to place your money. So if you need to put your money down on the line because you love sports gambling, these guys got you covered. And then last and certainly not least, please make sure to follow us on all social media platforms. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, you name it. We are there. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in for another Jets episode of the Niche Jets, etc. podcast. We out. J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 baby. Let's go.